Yo, what's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Uh, thanks for everyone tuning in for this week's first Team All podcast episode. Uh, I know we missed a couple weeks. We promised some things that we might not be able to deliver as far as the drunk podcast goes, but uh, we're here this week, and I think that's what matters. Definitely, definitely another week showing up. I'm looking forward to getting the podcast. Obviously, some huge news, and the first story we have to talk with in the NBA, that blockbuster trade, James Harden. Going to the Nets, there was a lot of moving pieces going on with this one. What was your biggest uh, biggest thing you liked about this trade? Yeah, man, so it was a four-team trade. It sent, like you said, James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Karis LeVert ended up in Indiana. Uh, Jarrett Allen and Terry on Prince to the Cavs. And Houston's uh, the Houston Rockets received Victor Oladipo, four first-round picks, and four pick swaps. Um, as far as a winner for the trade, it's kind of tough. I got to say it's Brooklyn because you're getting a top-10 guy like James Harden. Uh, on your team, but the Houston Rockets definitely did pretty good for themselves. Yeah, I think the easy one is to say Brooklyn now that they got a, a three-headed monster there. But I, I agree. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Houston. Uh, I think Oladipo fits better w- with the team. Uh, obviously, there was a lot going on with James Harden and a lot of tension there. And I mean, those four picks. I mean, if this organization does the right things, uh, I definitely think they can get a lot out of those picks. Uh, so, so I like Houston. In the future, obviously Brooklyn immediately comes out the winner, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see who these picks are and how those guys pan out four or five years from now. Yeah, and just a small winner with the Cavs, you know, jumping in this trade and coming out with the twenty three year old like Jarrett Allen, uh, anchor in the paint. I know they're kind of stacked at center now between Drummond and and Jared Allen, but Jared Allen's a pretty special talent, still young, still a lot of time for development. So the Cavs are kind of like the dark horse winner of that trade, to be honest. So, uh, you know, now we kind of talked about it. Brooklyn now basically has a three-headed snake. Uh, they got KD, Kyrie, and Harden. Um, this is probably the best trio we've ever seen uh, in the NBA to this point. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you got obviously three arguably top ten guys all put together. Um, I mean, the only other times I can think you had three big weapons would be KD, Harden, and Westbrook. Uh, obviously, those guys – skill level uh and and how good they were then probably doesn't doesn't match up to obviously if they were together now so so i gotta say i agree kd Kyrie, and harden's got to be the best best three-man group uh on a roster yeah absolutely it's they're definitely the best three-headed snake in, in attack in the league currently uh you kind of go back and look at kd's time with the warriors between steph and clay that's another great one you know you had the lebron era with d wade and, and chris bosh but i i think that this one is Talent-wise, as far as having three top 10 talents, it's it's definitely going to be pretty scary. I think the biggest question is, is there going to be enough ball for all three of them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think since since these guys, obviously, KD and Kyrie were, were boys beforehand and they were able to work it out with a guy like Harden, uh, I, I think there might be a little bit of issue off rip trying to incorporate all three of these guys. Obviously, with um, Harden and KD, they already played really well together in their first game. Adding Kyrie down the line, I don't think there's going to be an issue. You might see some some glimpses of it early on. I don't think there's going to be much of an issue. I mean, obviously, I think this team's looking to score, uh, you know, 120 a game. I think it's reasonable. I think any time down the court, if any of the three guys have it, you're looking at a great offensive possession. So, you know, a lot of teams get stagnant and don't have a guy that can really go get them a bucket. And now this team has three of the best ones to ever do it, let alone currently in, in the NBA. So my, my biggest thought on this trade is I think it's definitely going to – 
fashion for them. Uh, good fashion means championship or bust. Well, correct? yeah, they're they're definitely in championship or bust. I'm not saying they're going to win it, uh, but they definitely have a couple years to get it done. And I think this is a great team to do it with. Uh, the other worry on the other end of the spectrum is: is this going to be a repeat trade of the the Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce trade that Brooklyn Nets did uh, about a decade back? Yeah, uh, I, I'm not really too worried about that. Obviously, the big difference is, is KG was getting up in age, Paul Pierce uh, as well. Um, I mean, you got you got three guys who who are definitely in and still somewhat of a prime in their career. Um, I'm not I'm not too worried at all. They got definitely enough time to to put it together and win a championship as opposed to the KG and Paul Pierce time. Yeah, I'm wondering if Brooklyn had any thoughts of that before they pulled the trigger, just as far as how far that original trade set them back, making this one. I wonder if they were a little worried about it. I definitely agree. I think it's completely different. Uh, you know, Harden is still in his prime. Obviously, you just saw in his first game, 32 point triple double. Um, you know, he's he's arguably the best score in the league. So I don't think there's going to be any issue there. Uh, as far as the Rockets getting away from, from James Harden, you know, they now shift away from the James Harden era. They're now looking at a backcourt of John Wall and Victor Oladipo. I think they match perfectly. Um, I'm really excited for Victor to kind of get his role back with the team. I know he was kind of struggling with the Pacers since his injury. Uh, I'm really curious to see what this Houston Rockets team does between John Wall and Victor Oladipo. Yeah, another guy you obviously got to mention who's stepping up big this year is Christian Wood. Um, I think he'll be a great third piece behind. Obviously, I do agree that it's going to be Wall and Victor's team, but but I definitely don't want to leave out Christian Wood. Um, obviously, there's there's still some good pieces around PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. Um, you know, I, I like where the Rockets Ben Macklemore, Ben Macklemore, of course, uh, good old pizza guy, Benny Mac. Can't forget him. Uh, Rockets are good. I, I like the pieces, and, and I think they're going to be on the up and up moving forward. Yeah, I mean. I don't, I don't think it's John Wall and Victor Oladipo's team necessarily. I know it's a guard league, but Christian Wood's emerging as a superstar right before our eyes, uh, getting a lot of uh, Anthony Davis comparisons. You know, I think there's no ceiling for this kid. He gets buckets anywhere and wherever he wants on the court. I could definitely see this turning into Christian Wood's team, but it is a guard's league, so I think you need to have a good backcourt to be successful in the NBA. So it really starts with John Wall and Victor Oladipo. And we can't forget, we got to add Boogie in there as another good piece for them. Uh, if we're going to mention former Kings, we got we to gotta make sure we give Boogie his his moment there. And kind of the most shocking news to come from the trade, uh, Karis LeVert, when getting his team physical with the Pacers, it was found that he had a small mass found on his kidney. Uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, this trade – could have potentially saved his life. Obviously, there's more tests needing to be done, but he wasn't due for another physical probably till you know the start of next season or the end of this one at the at the best. So, you know, finding something like that now it can definitely prove to be uh, pretty life saving for him. Yeah, man. Obviously, wish Levert a, a speedy recovery and everything gets diagnosed and figured out. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious, but it's definitely you know kind of worrisome. So, definitely glad that uh, that got found. Yeah, definitely keep him in your good thoughts. Uh, after this big trade, you know, the biggest question I found myself asking uh, really is, do the Lakers need to, you know, make a move now to compete with Brooklyn? Obviously, Brooklyn in the East, Lakers in the West. There's a chance they meet in the finals. Do the Lakers need to add another piece to compete with this Brooklyn team now? So I would say I'd be a lot more on board with Lakers trying to get a piece if Brooklyn was in the West, since they're obviously different conferences like you already alluded to. I'm not as high on them needing to make a move. Uh, but, I mean, as the Lakers did last season, if they were able to find a piece or find someone they could sign or trade, they were definitely willing to do it. Um, so I could see it happening, but I don't think they're pressed or, or forced to make a move necessarily. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers are pretty stacked based on what they did in free agency. So I, I somewhat agree. I think if something presents itself, uh, a, a third superstar, a third star, and, and it's obtainable, I think you go for it. It's kind of win now mentality. But the signing of Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, 
uh, the emergence of Talon Horton Tucker. Um, I think this Laker team is, is fine off where they're at. I definitely think you maybe give it a look more than you were going to before the trade, but I don't think you need it to win another championship. I still think this is the Lakers uh, league and, you know, the Nets are definitely the ones trying to dethrone them, but we'll see down in playoff time. Yeah, I agree. We'll definitely have to keep a look on, on any moves made by the Lakers or any top other teams. Speaking of moves, what about Bradley Beal? Uh, this man is killing it 35 points per game with the Wizards. They are obviously struggling at three and eight. Uh, what's your thoughts on his game coming back? Yeah, man, Bradley Beal's a real special talent. Obviously, like you said, leading the entire league in points at 35 uh, a game. Obviously, you're going to kind of see a small dip with KD and, and, you know, the Hardens because they are playing together now. So maybe they're not going to be leading the entire league. But Bradley Beal's getting buckets uh, all over the court. It doesn't matter where he's at. Three-point, inside, mid-range, absolute bucket. Obviously, like you alluded to, the Wizards are struggling I was kind of shocked. I know in our first podcast when we talked about it, we were expecting, you know, a better Wizards team. I think I even said they could be a top four or five team in the East. That's still early, but uh, I think it really stems from Westbrook. Uh, I think he really just needs to find his role on this team. Yeah, uh, definitely not the start Westbrook was looking for, for sure. Like you said, we're 11 games in. There's definitely still some time for Westbrook to find his identity. Obviously, there's been a lot of pieces moved around Westbrook and then obviously him going to the Wizards. So I understand him not totally have his bearings. But uh, I don't know. I'm going to give this team 20, 25 games to see where they're at. Uh, if, if they're around, you know, an eight and nine seed, I, I'm, I'm still feeling comfortable. If they are where they're, um, you know, have been lately, it, it might not be the season that these Wizards have uh, were hoping for. Yeah, they did lose Thomas Bryant to an ACL injury. He's out for the season. I'm really looking at Rui Hachimura to, you know, step it up sophomore season. I was looking for a big leap here for this Wizards team with him. Uh, I think he can still do it this season. Like you said, it's really early. Also another guy, their rookie, Denny Adavidi. I was also expecting him to come out a little hotter being a a European pro. He's definitely been playing in pros uh, for a couple of years now. Uh, I think they got the pieces to definitely be a solid team. I think they just really need to come together and see some growth uh, as a unit. I agree. They probably have the most potential for a team at uh, this standings so far. So we also at the top of the East have the Celtics, uh, you know, the complete opposite of the Wizards. They are absolutely balling uh, behind Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You know, they're both just absolute bucket getters. I think Jalen Brown has got to be the most underrated player in the league, maybe even of all time. This dude gets no respect. And the last few seasons he's really producing and this season even more. He's looking amazing. Yeah, obviously with with uh, Brown and Tatum coming in together, a lot of the spotlight was on Tatum. Obviously, the jokes that he's only 19, which went on for forever. Uh, Brown definitely got kind of overshined by Tatum, but I agree, man is a bucket for sure. Uh, I like these two working together in tandem. Obviously, Kemba's going to be returning. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see what Boston could do once they add Kemba, being as good as they are without him. Yeah, Jalen Brown averaging 26 points, five rebounds, five assists on 42% from three and 60% from the field. Uh, I love Tatum as well, but this Jalen Brown guy is something something different. Right, move on to another team, your team. We're going to give you some purple talk. Sacramento Kings starting the season five and eight. Tom, what what have you seen so far through 13 games from them? So they're five and nine after tonight's loss. uh, But we have to start purple talk with the rookie, 12th pick, Tyrese Halberton. Steal the draft. Out of Iowa State, man. He is something special, man. I'm watching these games, and I honestly haven't seen a player like this. He can really do it all. He's so clutch. He just came into the league with that clutch gene. Um, averaging 12 points, almost six assists on 50% from three. And you got to realize a lot of these shots are coming in the fourth quarter. Yeah, obviously I know there was a lot of hate on Tyrese in his shot. If he's going to be able to get it off, he definitely has been able to. And at a very high clip, like you said, 50% from three. 
What about another guy, Dierian? What have you seen from him? I know you were asking for him to elevate his game this season. Have you seen that so far? Yeah, I was really hoping that we'd see an all-star performance all season long from Dierian. He's definitely looking solid, averaging 19-5 and five to start the season. I definitely think he needs to bump it up a little bit. Uh, tonight, he did drop 43 points, 14 assists, and three, three rebounds, maybe four rebounds. That's the kind of level I want to see. Obviously, I'm not expecting the man to come in day in, day out and drop 40-plus points, but I need to see him in attack mode. I need to see him get his teammates involved. He is the best player on this team, and uh, I, I really just want to see you know a 26 a game uh, out of De'Aaron Fox the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I would also obviously love to see – he showed that he can put up points and, and be really efficient out there. Uh, like you said, double digits assist as well. Uh, he's definitely got it in him, and, and I think we're going to see that elevation from him in his game. So I know there's been a lot of talk, and I've heard some of the Monty McNair is saying that basically everyone's tradable outside of Tyrese and De'Aaron Fox this season. Uh, that's definitely scary to hear as a Kings fan because I love a lot of these guys and I'm attached to a lot of these guys. I understand it, though. Uh, you know, Let's just go over kind of some of the dues on the trading block. Let's start with Harrison Barnes. Uh, what are your thoughts on maybe seeing Harrison Barnes get traded somewhere down the line this season? Yeah, so he's kind of an interesting guy because uh, he's with the age and where he's at in his career, he's kind of on a win-now mentality. I think the Kings are still a few seasons away from big, deep playoff pushes. So I, I could see him getting moved just because he doesn't quite fit the Kings timeline, in my opinion. What's, what's your thoughts on Harrison? Yeah, I can see Harrison Barn being you know, a third or fourth option on a championship team. So I could definitely see maybe someone like, uh, I'm just trying to think, maybe like a Portland or, you know, someone who's like right on the cusp but can use a, a consistent bucket uh, coming out and trying to trade for Harrison Barnes. I wouldn't be mad if the Kings look to move him down the season. Like you said, he doesn't necessarily match our timeline at the moment. Uh, so I wouldn't be mad at Harrison Barnes trade. Love Harrison. I love when he's on his hot streak, so you get weeks at a time of really great basketball, and then he goes cold for a couple of weeks. But I love Harrison Barnes. I think he's uh, a really good guy to have as a go-to bucket uh, when you need one most in the game. Yeah, a big question. Obviously, you and I go back and forth about this guy. Marvin Bagley, his dad, I believe, tweeted and saying, trade the man. Uh, what's your thoughts on what's going on with Bagley and any moves that might be made with him? I do not want to see Bagley go unless we're getting a certified superstar. Uh, I think his upside and his ceiling is just way too high to get rid of him. I understand you don't want to, you know, have him be known as a bust here in the next couple of years and be like, Oh, why didn't we trade him while he still had value? I think we, you know, we throw him in there, give him 35, 40 minutes a game. Just let him fucking play. Let's see what he's got. Uh, before we even consider trading him because I think he's a very, very special talent and I think he could give you 26-12 on a daily basis. Yeah, and another guy I definitely want to ask you about is Buddy. Obviously, there was some tension between Buddy and Luke Walton. Uh, do you think that's kind of been fixed through these 14 games or do you still think Buddy could be a guy on the move? Uh, I, I like Buddy's role a little bit more than I did last season with Luke. I, I would much rather get rid of Luke than get rid of Buddy, but I do think that there is a chance we move Buddy this season. I think there is a little bit of turmoil in the locker room still. Uh, I think Buddy wants to win right now. And I could see him maybe going somewhere like uh, the Thunder to pair with Shea uh, or Shy. I think that would be a great backcourt. I'd much rather keep Buddy Hill on the Kings. He's, just, like I said, like with Marvin Bagley, a super special talent. There's a handful of guys that could shoot the ball like Buddy Hill. I think it would be stupid to get rid of him. I think he's a perfect guy to have around a, a Tyrese and Deer and Fox. But – I can definitely see them looking to move him, but we need to make sure we're getting high value for these guys. Speaking of value, obviously there's a big area of concern for the Kings. They've been absolutely terrible on the defensive end. Last time I checked, they were last in the NBA in points given up. Well, what do the Kings need to do to, to fix this? Do they need to trade some guys, or do you think it's just a, uh, you know kind of the way the coaching staff is kind of running things? What's your thoughts? What do you see? 
Yeah, we are ranked uh, worse on defense, and I think a lot of it can stem to our fast-paced play. Uh, I definitely think our defense is horrendous, but I think the reason why we are the worst is because we are getting up and down the court at such a high rate that these teams are able to get more shots off than they are against other teams. I think it starts with the head coach. It starts with the whole organization. Defense, to me, is really an effort thing. Obviously, you've got guys built for it, lengthy, quick dudes, quick hands, quick feet. Uh, which we have a handful of those. So I'm really shocked to see that we're playing this bad a defense. I think it's an organization. I think it's a, a coaching system. I honestly want to see a, a, a full flush at the coaching position. I don't think we're going to see it this season, but I think if we really want to improve our defense, we need to buy in from top to bottom. And I just don't see that happening with Luke Walton. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned something interesting, something I think I want to take a look at uh, before our next podcast is how many possessions the Kings um, are having to play defense for because I, I I do agree now that you mentioned that the Kings are moving at a really high pace. So that means you know on the opposite end that uh, whoever they're going up against is probably getting more possessions than they usually do on a given night. So I'll have to take a look at that. But moving forward, what is next for the Kings? Like I alluded to, I don't think we're going to be a good team behind Luke Walton. We're certainly not going to be a championship team behind Luke Walton. So I want Vivek just to pull the tooth out now. There's no reason to leave an aching tooth in your mouth when it's time to go. It's time to go. Is it going to take some time to heal? Yeah, but, you know, we just got a new GM. It's time to start fresh. I think behind, you know, the the core guys of uh, Bagley, Fox, and Tyrese, I think that could be a great trio moving forward. But I think it's got to start with a clean, fresh house at the coaching position. Is there anyone you have in mind? I know this is kind of off the cuff. Anyone you got in mind to, to fill the, the vacancy if there was one? The, the sad thing was I had a couple guys coming into the season, and all of them signed assistant coaching jobs. Um, obviously, the guy from Brooklyn, I can't remember his name right now. I can't remember the, the, the guy that Kyrie got fired in Brooklyn before they brought in Steve Nash. Obviously, I would have loved just to go back to Dave Yeager. Uh, he was in his third season with us, and it was our most winning season since 2005-06. Uh, so that was kind of sad to see him go. I just really want to see someone who comes in who's for the culture. Uh, doesn't necessarily need to be a player's coach. I wouldn't mind it, but someone who's really going to get everyone bought into the system. I like it. I mean, as you did allude to, a lot of guys, obviously, who couldn't get head coaching jobs decided to be assistants elsewhere. Which makes me a little worried. Maybe, maybe at the end of the season, might be a better, better move. Um, but, but we'll definitely keep an eye out and see what the Kings do as far as with players and as far as with coaches. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be something to look at for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so next, let's kind of talk about COVID, man. It's hitting the NBA pretty hard, more than I thought it would, uh, especially when you compare it to the NFL. NFL teams are so much bigger, so they're able to kind of adapt more than the NBA. But man, there's already been 14 games postponed early in this season. Yeah, I think a big difference is obviously the NFL plays once a week, uh, where uh, in the NBA you're playing three, maybe four times in a week. I know obviously that they've kind of worked around it and maybe made it so uh, guys play the same teams two nights in a row or back-to-back -back games. Um, but yeah, 14, 14 games postponed, and most teams have played 14 or 15. So that is definitely worrying. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see maybe what they do a bubble 2.0 um, we're definitely going to keep an eye on that for sure. Yeah. So one thing that I'm seeing is, is they're making new restrictions. Uh, I've recently watched a couple of games and I saw that some of the restrictions are being followed as far as post game handshakes and hugs and stuff. They kind of wanted to limit those. Uh, we're still seeing those. I know a lot of the, the players weren't happy with the new restrictions. You're supposed to stay uh, in your market. When you're in your market, you need to be staying at home. And when you're uh, out on the road, you need to be staying in your hotel. I know a lot of guys aren't happy about that. At the end of the day, we're really just trying to, play basketball and I think that's kind of the mindset of everybody but at the same time you're going to have to you know sacrifice a little bit if you if you want to play because uh, it's clearly not getting better it's if anything it's getting worse at the moment 
So I, I, I do understand the new restrictions, and I think these guys need to come together and, and figure something out. Yeah, and another thing to look at, obviously, the vaccine is starting to roll out more and more. Will we be seeing NBA players getting vaccinated um, or, or maybe a potential uh, pause throughout the season to kind of uh, clear up some of this and some of the spread that's going on? We'll definitely keep a lookout on what the NBA decides to do. Yeah, I'd definitely be curious to kind of see if they try to get these guys to get vaccinated. Obviously, you know, you can't force a vaccination on anyone, or at least you hope not. But it would be interesting to kind of see and use it as like a – is this vaccine okay? These are top class athletes. You know, they're not going to be wanting to fill their bodies with anything that's not good. So I think they could even look at it as like a political, social uh, step as well. I'm not sure. We'll see. I do I do see the potential of a bubble 2.0 happening uh, down the line, depending on what happens, maybe just for the playoffs again. But we'll see if we can get the season finished up. For sure, for sure. Why don't we jump into the NFL? Obviously, the playoffs have been going on. Uh, big game Saturday, Packers beating the Rams. Uh, I don't know about you, but I wasn't too surprised. Uh, obviously, I had the Packers coming out of the NFC. Yeah, I mean, they looked great. Uh, I was a little shocked with the Rams. I thought they were going to put up a little bit better fight. Their defense had looked really solid. Uh, obviously, Jared Goff it was playing just a couple weeks out of uh, throwing hand thumb surgery. So uh, big respect to him for coming out here and giving out a, the best performance he could. Yeah, like you alluded to, Rams number one defense in the NFL, obviously going up against possibly the MVP um, really tough matchup. And then obviously being in Lambeau and definitely big shout outs to Goff. I know he didn't even want to play or wasn't expected to play the week before against Seattle and only went in because of an injury from their backup. Uh, I mean, it takes guts as a guy who, um, it, you know, would be on a roster when you see your star quarterback going in there and going out there, that's going to motivate you. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough for the Rams. Yeah. Still on the Rams, Cam Akers, rookie running back. He's really kind of, came into his own this season for the Rams. I know they were kind of using a, a three-headed uh, running attack. Uh, he's really solidified himself as a starting running back, and I'm really excited to kind of see him going through the next couple of years and see what he can be. I agree. Definitely um, a good acquisition from them. Obviously, moving on from Todd Gurley, definitely love what uh, Cam Agers has brought towards the Rams and excited to see his future. So the Packers did dominate practically the entire game. So that kind of leads it into next week, man. Packers, Bucks. Can the Packers beat the Bucs? Can, can Aaron Rodgers dethrone Tom Brady this week? Yeah, obviously, Tommy alluded to Bucks did beat the Saints. Uh, sad note, it might have been Drew Brees' last game. At least as a Saint, it might be his last game um, in the NFL. Uh, wish him the best, whatever he decides to do next. But as far as your Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers matchup, being the fact that it's in Lambeau, I, I think I like the Packers. Um I would love to see Tom Brady, you know, maybe win one more before before he's off and rides in the sunset. But I got to say the Packers are going to win it. I got Bucks beating the Packers. We'll talk a little bit more about the Bucks when we get to the Bucks saints uh, recap. But I, th I think the Bucks can definitely beat the Packers, Lambeau or not. I think Tom Brady uh, has really found his way with the Buccaneers, and I think they could easily get this win. Uh, why don't we move on to the Bills-Ravens game? That was the other game for Saturday Huge uh, concern, obviously, going in was weather. Uh, Lamar was interviewed, asked if he had ever played in snow before, and he said no, never. Uh, luckily, it didn't come down. There wasn't any snow, but it definitely was a, a big factor in the game. Yeah, the winds were insane. I believe at some point they were 30 mile an hour, maybe even faster than that. Uh, there was a lot of missed field goals in the game. It was a low-scoring game. The Buffalo Bills beat the Ravens 17-3. to uh, Yeah, so the weather was huge, but really it came down to Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Uh, their connection is scary good. One of probably the best uh, wide receiver quarterback combos in the league. 
Yeah, I got to agree. Obviously, there's some other combinations that you got to put up there pretty high as well. But I agree, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs got to be top three, top five at worst. But, but you know, no, not even top five. They're definitely a top three combo. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if those two can stay on pace where they're at and maybe get into a Super Bowl for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, so with the Ravens season coming to an end, what do you think is next for them? Um, well, I mean, I really liked what, what they had with J, uh, J.K. Dobbins. And obviously, I think Lamar Jackson is a winner. Uh, you know, definitely understand why he won MVP last year. Obviously, didn't have as good of a year this year. Um, I don't know. Part of me kind of wants to see some other weapons. I know they got a good tight end in Andrews. Um, I, I don't know. This is kind of tough for me to, to see where they want to go next. Obviously, they've had success in the regular season, haven't had as much in the playoffs. Um, so I'd really have to scratch my head and do some digging to see, you know, where they're lacking. Yeah, I definitely think that they need to add more weapons to their offense and surround Lamar Jackson with, uh, specifically at the wide receiver spots. I think if you give him, you know, a top caliber guy, I think it'll definitely help him uh, moving forward. I definitely think that's the most important thing for the Ravens moving forward. Lamar Jackson did have to leave the game in the second half with a concussion. Uh, the game was practically out of reach when this happened, but it's definitely tough to see your star quarterback go down. Yeah, one thing I want to mention, big ups to Bills Mafia. Uh, after Lamar went out, there was a huge thread of uh, people in the Bills Mafia donating to Lamar Jackson, one of the charities. It was uh, for like, I, I don't remember exactly what it was called, but it was like giving backpacks to, to kids in need. So that was really cool to see them do that uh, for Lamar, even though uh, the Bills did beat the Ravens. Yeah, Bills Mafia probably has to be the best fan, fan base in the NFL. Uh, probably not even close. Definitely the most fanatic. I can definitely agree with that. They're crazy going through tables and, and everything that they do that makes up the Bills Mafia. So uh, first game on Sunday, we had Chiefs versus Browns. The Chiefs did hold on against the Browns with a 22-17 to win. Uh, the Chiefs came out real hot, uh, scored two touchdowns very early in the game, uh, and the Browns were really put into a deficit. Yeah, uh, obviously come playoff time, you never want to start in a hole, but Browns really did climb out of it. I was surprised. I've said it time and time again, I'm not the largest Baker Mayfield fan. Um, and, and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt really did lead the way and, and allowed Baker in the second half to kind of get more going. Uh, speaking of second half, sad news is Patrick Holmes did end up leaving with a concussion. I did think that was part of the reason why the game ended up being as close as it was. I, I don't think the Chiefs would have struggled as much offensively in the second half with Mahomes. So we'll definitely have to keep an eye out on him and what's going on with next week and Mahomes' uncertainty. Yeah, if you listen to our earlier podcast earlier this season, uh, there was a lot of questions on whether or not we thought the Browns were the real deal. Uh, I think we can definitely say the Browns were the real deal this season. I'm looking forward to next season. They put up a great fight this season. They probably would have had the toughest road to the uh, the Super Bowl, having to beat the Steelers, Chiefs, and then the uh, the Bills. I think that would have been, you know, definitely the hardest road. Uh, so I'm definitely excited to see what they can do next season, get OBJ back, add some more weapons. Uh, I think they're an all-around great team. Obviously, you mentioned Mahomes going down with concussion. That leaves a huge uncertainty next week against the Bills. Uh, kind of decides the game. I think Bills win either way, but – whether or not it's a good game really lies on Patrick Mahomes' health. Yeah, I agree. Uh, first off with what you're saying about the Browns, they have shown that they are the real deal. Uh, it's got to be nice for for all the Cleveland fans. I definitely got a lot of good things going on, and I see them in a very similar position next year uh, in the playoffs. Very close game, maybe making it to the AFC Championship. And I also do agree that Mahomes is going to make or break the game. If he can play, I, I do have the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a great game. Um Bills can very easily win it. With no Mahomes, I think it's not even going to be close. Bills will route them, so we'll have to keep an eye on Mahomes and his health. And then the final game Sunday, we had the Buccaneers versus the Saints. 
they had played two times in the regular season. Uh, and, the, and Tom Brady, you know, struggled really badly. It was probably some of the worst football we've ever seen him play. Uh, he really bounced back. Bucks did beat the Saints 30-20. to 20. Bucks are moving on. Uh, what were your thoughts from the game? Yeah, it was definitely a very slow start at the beginning of the game. I want to say it was like 6-3 to three or 6-6, six to six, something like that at halftime. Definitely picked it up quite a bit. Um, it, it was great to see these two guys go at it one last time. Um, uh, as we alluded to, Bucks kind of scary with their offense. I definitely think they've gotten all the pieces together. Um, and I think it's going to be a very exciting game next week with the Bucks. What was your thoughts? Yeah, I know you said this could be Drew Brees' final game. I don't think it is. I don't think he's done. I think, you know, he takes a little bit of time, thinks it over, and then I think he decides to run it back. I'm not sure he's going to be with the Saints. He might want to, you know, try another team. He's been with the Saints all this time. So I, I would like to see him maybe try something else. I'd also like to see him back with the Saints, but I don't think he's done yet. Uh, it was a great matchup. I love to watch. I got to watch it three times this season, so that's always a great thing. Um, yeah, this Bucks team, I think they're really special behind Tom Brady. They have so many offensive weapons. Their defense is very solid. Um, it was a great game, and, and the Bucks came out in the second half and really proved why, you know, they're on their way to a Super Bowl. Yeah, oh, to a Super Bowl, a little, a little early prediction. But, um, I mean, one thing I'll say with Drew Brees, I, I don't see him following in, like, for example, like a Brett Favre footstep who, who was with the Packers, then decided to leave and went somewhere else. I personally think Brees is going to retire a Saint. If they want to bring him back for another season, I would obviously love to see it. But if they want to move on, I, I think he would be able to hang it up and, and be okay with the career. He had a great career. So what's your Super Bowl matchup? Well, who do you think is going to win uh, next week between the two matchups? I got Packers over Bucks, and, and it's just really tough because, like I said, huge uncertainty with Mahomes. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna just blindly assume that, that Mahomes is able to play and the Chiefs get it done. So I got Packers Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Well, we got the complete opposite. So I got Bucks Bills. Uh, we'll talk about obviously next week uh, who we who we think is going to win the Super Bowl once we know who's there. But I definitely got Buck Bills. I think Tom Brady outplays Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau, uh, gets him to the, the Super Bowl. And I think Josh Allen against Mahomes or not, I think Josh Allen's here to prove that he is elite, elite. And I think he leads this team with Stephon Diggs uh, to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I mean, either way, I, I know we disagree. I could definitely see it going your way with either two or both predictions. I think this is going to be a great AFC and NFC championship games. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what, what we're going to get next week. Yeah, this is some of the most excited I've seen to watch some footballs this season. This, these playoffs have been really fun to watch, and I think these two matchups are very, very special. Could not agree more. So uh, thank you guys for listening. I'm not sure if this was a long one or medium length podcast, but I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, we're going to try and get back to being more consistent. I know we've been a little wavy over the past couple months. We've been pretty busy and Garrett was cool and, and me with my work, but we're definitely moving in and turning a new chapter. Uh, look for our next season to start soon. We do want to bring a lot more to the table. I know we've been struggling to just stay consistent, so that's going to be the number one thing for us in these next couple weeks. Uh, but like I said, we appreciate everyone for tuning in. Yeah, and as always, one love. Peace.